groups are fired up, so make sure that if you're not part of a group, uh, Pastor Mario works, has worked diligently on these groups, setting them up, organizing them, managing them, pastoring them. And so um, make sure that you join in a group. You can find that group um, online at goriver.org. It's right on the front page. It says groups. Okay, you can just click that little button. It'll take you right to where you need to go for that. I think it's extremely important that the church, that the church learn how to pastor itself, how to take care of itself, okay? Because if, I'm not saying this church does this, okay? I'm just saying by, by statistics, I'm doing a lot of studying right now. Um, for those of you who don't know, oh, what do you want me to do with this, man? There's a QR, there's a piece of paper that has this on it. You can scan that QR code, it'll take you right to the website, okay? Wait, let's see if you can scan it like that right there. No, I'm teasing. Thanks, Mario. Man, now you lost my train of thought, man. I was going somewhere. Where was I? Oh, yes, for those of you who don't know, thank you, Quentin. Appreciate that. That's why you're on the board, buddy. <laughs> you're, my, you're my board member reminder. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Um, um, I uh, have been working diligently for the last three years to get ordained as a minister under the assemblies of God, and so I got accepted as that, okay, which is, which is a cool highlight for me um, because the Lord told me to do it, <laughs> right? And so I was just simply being obedient. Now, if you don't know what the difference is between uh, the different levels that there are for ordination, just know ordination is kind of like this guy right up here, Okay. And uh, I won't go into all the details of that. Um, it also means that um, new opportunities, new doors will be open for our church to walk through. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that. So, um, but with that, um, there's some studying that I did. There's still studying right now that I had to do. That <clears throat> church attendance has declined by 44% in our nation right now. Okay. A lot of that had to do with COVID. I, I believe that. A lot of it had to do with COVID and all the stuff that it came. COVID provided an opportunity for churches to be consumer. Right? I don't like that one. Scroll. I don't like, I don't, yeah, that one's cool. I'll come back that one to later. Scroll. And then before you know it, you got people sitting at home scrolling through YouTube, Facebook, whatever, to find your perfect church. Right? I like what he says. I like that worship and I like this. I don't think that's God's intention for the church. Right? I think God's intention for the church is for you and I to come together, rub elbows to, with one another, learn how to love one another in our disagreements, learn how to love one another in our agreements, right, and live in unity and live in peace, right? And we can only do that if we come together, right? And I think that one of the ways, because it's the blueprint in the book of Acts, that that happens is through groups. Because... <clears throat> Because not everybody, everybody just wants to be known at church. Not every, like, this person over here doesn't necessarily have to know that person over there. But everybody in a church wants to feel known. Right? And the way that that happens is through you being in constant connection and relationship with people. So I want to encourage you to join a group of some sort. we got a meeting all week long. Okay? All week long. And I'm telling you this because this is my heartbeat right now as your pastor. And I want you, I can't make you do anything, but I could definitely strongly encourage you, okay? If you want pastoral care in your life and in your home, get involved in a group, okay? Because the first question we're going to ask is if someone goes to the hospital, we're going to go, which group are you a part of? Well, I don't have a group. Okay, well, then we'll go. Why? Because I believe the church should take care of one another. 
Amen? Okay. Commercial done. Today, I'm going to continue on my message series called Act Upon. So today we're going to talk about acting upon the Word. How many of you guys believe that the Word of God is foundation to our lives? Amen? Do you guys have an old-fashioned Bible with you right now? I was trying to memorize what Joel Osteen does. This is my Bible. I can't do it, though. I don't. It's in my Okay. I wish I knew that, but I don't. It's, it's a super cool little saying. But if you got your, you your, your old-fashioned Bible, will you just kind of raise it up in the air right now and say, man, this is awesome. This is my foundation. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. In the military, when I, just, just because of all the movies I watch, not because I know this, um, and Robert, maybe you can help me. They say, this is my gun. This is my rifle. I think that's where Joel Osteen got it from, because he was in the he was in the military. No, he wasn't. This is my rifle, right? Blah blah blah, and they kind of say a little saying from there. Well, this is your word, man. This is this is it. This is your Bible. This is this this thing right here. And I think we all kind of need to get one of these old-fashioned Bibles again. I'm down for the digital stuff. Trust me, I am. But if we ever get to a place in our country, which I I, I don't think this is going to happen, at least I pray that it doesn't happen. But if we do, like they're doing in Afghanistan right now where they say, show me your phone, and if you got the Bible app, you're instantly put in prison, right? I, I, I don't think that's going to happen here, and I don't want to say something by fear, but, but, but I definitely believe that all of us should have an old-fashioned paper Bible that we can smell, that we can sniff, that we can, that we can uh, um, um, look at and read and write stuff in and all these kinds of things, right? So I think it's really important that we understand and know why the Word of God exists, why the Bible was written, why the Bible is this, and why it's important that you and I learn, but not just learn for learning's sake, but we learn to go deeper into His Word. And let me explain myself. John chapter 10, verse 22 through 30. And if you don't have your paper Bible, if you got a one, you can turn there. But if not, it'll be on the back screen for you. John chapter 10, verse 22 through 30. And I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, the ESV, okay? It says this. At the time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you. And you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe me because, what? You are not among my sheep. What else does it say? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 28. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. How many of you guys believe this morning that you are sheep? Bah. I had this thought this morning of having everyone go, bah. But we won't do that. So what's the significance of God using the metaphor of sheep to describe his children? Here's three ways real quick. Okay, first of all, I don't know if you knew this or not. Um, did you know that sheep are one of the few animals that do not have a defense system? They don't have a defense system. They are helpless without a shepherd. 
They need protection, they need guidance, and they need someone to lead them and direct them, even if it is sometimes with the shepherd's staff. The shepherd's staff is meant to grow and hold and bring up, and it's also there to go, hey, that way, pop, okay? Number two, the reason why we're, we're kind of knit together as sheep, according to the word of God, is sheep follow. Sheep have a herd mentality, okay? They have a herd mentality. Wherever the leader goes, the sheep will go. There's something I wanted to dare you to do this week is I want you to go somewhere on the corner, maybe in your office or maybe on the street, and just kind of look up and just kind of go like this. It won't be long until more people start coming around you going like this. Oh, what's going on? Why? Because the general public have a herd mentality. Okay, the general public have a herd mentality. They have a sheep mentality. Remember what one week did. In one week, they welcomed Jesus into the city. They praised him, and then one week later, they crucified him. The same people who praised him were the same ones who wanted him dead. It's called, we are the sheep of his pasture. We are, by nature, all a herd mentality kind of a people. I said this morning, if you want to worship God joyfully, come to the front. All of a sudden, one or two people came forward. And then before you know it, everyone came forward. Why? Because no one wants to go, well, I don't know if I want to or not. Oh, yeah, there's more people. Yay. Right? Generally speaking, most people have a herd mentality. And the last thing is, did you know that throughout Scripture, sheep are prone to wander from the flock? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6 says it like this. All we like sheep have gone astray. A sheep's only chance of survival is staying within the fold, under the care of a shepherd. But too often, we like sheep become overconfident. Not you guys, okay, because you're not overconfident. But we like become overconfident, rebellious, or distracted, and we wander away from the safety of the flock. In this age of consumer-based church, what happens is many sheep have a greener grass mentality. Come on, somebody. Where they're always looking for the latest and the greatest thing. Look, I'm all about that next thing, right? I'm all about this, this what God is doing next. But let me explain to you. <laughs> in a church setting, now I'm just talking church, not, not us in the bigger picture of God's sheep, but just as a church, as sheep within a congregation. Okay? If we're always looking for the grass is greener somewhere else or going somewhere else to do something or maybe this church has it going on and this church doesn't or whatever the case is, right? Oh, that church is just much bigger or it's much smaller or it's louder or it's softer or the worship's my, my taste or whatever the case is. Whatever we want to say as a sheep, right, if we continue to do that, what we'll find ourselves doing is always lacking somewhere inside of our heart. We'll always find ourselves searching for that next thing. I like to call it... Um, um, um. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I, <laughs> I, like to call it. I like to call it just getting high. I've never been high before. Okay? But maybe you have. Okay? But if you're an addict, you know that you won't be satisfied until the next hit. Okay? Yes? Am I right with that? I know that I'm most satisfied when I'm eating that big, nasty cheese pizza. Okay? And I'm like, oh, that was so good. And then you feel bad afterward. You go, oh, my God, 
that's awful. But then you can't wait to the next one. Even though you feel stuffed on the inside and even though you feel gross, you still go, ah, one more piece won't hurt. <laughs> right? It's because we're just those kinds of people. We always want something to, cons- like, we're just consumers. Right? But let me tell you how God intended the church to respond and to act in this day. He wants us not just to go look for the next thing. He wants that next thing here. He wants God to show up right where you're at. And the grass is always greener where you water it the most. So if you want something that's out there, guess what, guys? God's calling you to do that right where you're planted. Now, we are sheep. We're all his sheep. Big picture. And he's our shepherd. And if we believe that, we have the ability to hear his voice. We have to remember that Jesus loves to speak to us. He loves to guide us. He loves to direct us. He loves to be with us. He loves to sit with us. He loves to work with us. And he loves to golf with us. I am not a golfer. Last time I golfed, I didn't hit it past the women's team. I had to take my pants down and hit it again. It's the worst experience ever. I don't encourage that at all. But that was like 22 years ago when I can move faster. Okay, now, I was talking to, um, to a coach that I meet with about once a month or so, and this is my first meeting with him, and he began to tell me, he said, he said, you know, uh, Jake, um, um, I was on the golf course the other day, and I was just praying and just, just being with Jesus, and then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, I wish, his name is David Ellis, you know, David, I wish that you would invite me golfing with you. Now, it sounds kind of weird, right? And we know that Jesus is everywhere, but how awesome is it when we say to him, I invite you into this part of my life, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, whether it be a struggle or whether it be something very, very personal. God wants to just be intimate with you. He wants to just sit with you. He wants to talk with you. And he said that day that he shot the best round of golf that he ever shot. I can't tell you the number. Like I said, I'm not a golfer. But it was a negative something. Does that make sense? Okay. So, after you realize that you need a Savior, and i got to hurry. After you realize that you need a Savior, what happens a lot of the times is, now listen, this is for some of us in here, okay? Because there's been a lot of us who constantly respond to an altar call when we say, hey, this is what this is. I want you to know that's a great first step. That's a great second step. That's a great third step. God would never, never not meet you, Okay? But there comes something where we have to start growing in him, okay, that you got to start growing in him. So you come to an altar, and I love the altar because in the Old Testament, the altars were things burned, okay, and that's why we call this an altar. I grew up where we actually had altars where we kneeled at, okay, but that's why we call this an altar, this front area. Because things, we're we're saying, God, here is my sacrifice, just take this and burn. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that you are a living sacrifice. Right, so we offer ourselves unto him. You give your life to Jesus. Now you're one of his, and he wants to chat with you. Now in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then moving on to 14, very quickly, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse 4, In him was life, 
And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now moving on to verse 14, very quickly. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son of the father, from, of grace and truth. So when we start talking about the word of God, it's extremely important that we don't leave out the God of the word. So I'm going to say something very, very strong here. Okay, so many people idolize the Bible. We have to remember, don't get this twisted. You got to understand my heart in this. I love my Bible. Okay, but I don't idolize this book. Why? Because God became flesh and dwelt among his people. See, in the New Testament church, they didn't have the Father, Son, and the Bible. They had the Father, Son, and the what? The Holy Spirit. And if the study of Scripture doesn't lead you to the Father, Son, or the Holy Spirit, what we do is we risk becoming arrogant and puffed up. And God doesn't bless and rest upon arrogance or knowledge. He rests upon the meek and the humble. Whatever you read must lead you to Jesus. So when you have those times you feel distant, you feel like you can't hear God, you feel like God's not listening, always go to the Word. Why? Because it's nourishment for your heart, for your soul, and for your spirit. Jesus put it like this, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never go hungry. And if Jesus is the word, and the word is Jesus, there's no excuse for us to ever feel empty in our hearts. The only reason why we get empty is because we stop eating. Amen? It's because we stop eating. And it's easy to get distracted away from the Bible and the practice of reading your word. Why? Because we don't understand it. It feels like it's mundane. True fact, culture has just become lazy and we want it, everything to done, be done for us. Okay? Be done for us. Well, that church doesn't offer enough Bible studies. Hey, look, why don't you just get inside the Bible yourself? And if you feel like teaching that, come on, come tell me. I want to teach a Bible study. Okay. Most people, by general... Just gener gener generalities just aren't readers anymore. So reading the Bible becomes a task for most people. Then we quit and we say things like this. I just don't get anything out of it. Now let's just be real honest here. How many of you guys ever said that about reading the Bible? So all of you guys have never said that before? That's amazing. I think you're lying. <laughs> I'll raise my hand. I know I've said it. I just don't get anything out of it, man. I hit those genealogies. Whoo. And the this and the begat this and the begat that and the begat this and the begat that. What are you talking about? Right? Come on, I know it's real. Let me just encourage you, before you read the Bible and in practice, here's what I want you to do. Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight to you Jesus in the Bible. He will begin to unveil and unfold a revelation that you may have never seen or heard before. It's good to have a habitual lifestyle of reading the Bible, but we must co-partner with him. And when you co-partner, this is what it looks like. Ask questions like this. What are you saying? What are you highlighting? How are you speaking to me? What are you trying to teach me right now? Ask those questions to God. See, when you bring Jesus into the mix, he's always faithful to guide and direct us. Why? Because he's our shepherd. He's our shepherd, and he wants to simply just guide you. He wants to speak to you. So 
Today, I want to reintroduce to you an idea that we had many years ago called Turn the Page Challenge. Okay? Called Turn the Page Challenge. And I'll let the video do the talking. Go for it. The Turn the Page Challenge is so simple and it's very achievable. And I think that's what makes it so powerful. So what you do is you get yourself an old-fashioned Bible a quality Bible, and start in the book of Genesis. Write the date at the top of the page, and the next day simply turn the page. Write the date at the top of that page, and if there's been a birthday, an anniversary, child's first steps, whatever it may be, write that down somewhere on the page just to commemorate it. And over the course of time, you will have gone all the way through the scripture. And then you have this phenomenal heirloom to leave in the hands of your children that will then one day be in the hands of your children's children. You see, it's such a great way to simply stay the course in reading and studying the scripture. Now, sometimes you won't understand, but even if your mind doesn't understand, I wanna encourage you to keep reading because you're nourishing your spirit. So take the turn the page challenge and let's grow together in God's word. All right, so I would like you, okay, to, to do this with me, okay? So get yourself an old-fashioned Bible, and you can see right here, I have one written down right here. This is from 321.17. Does everybody see that right there at the top? Okay, 321.17, okay? And the Lord said to me on 321.17, new seasons are underway, we must die in order to see life. Death equals life. Okay, cool. And then I have a bunch of stuff highlighted right here, that kind of business. Okay, so it's really simple. It's really easy. Now, what we're going to do so we can be collective in this. Now, if you're already reading your Bible and you do this already, praise God, go for it. Okay, just start maybe writing the date at the top of the page if you haven't done that yet. But if you haven't, if you're not like a daily reader, okay, of your word of God, of the Bible, I want to invite you with me to start in the book of John this week, okay? Write the, write, write the date down when you start reading that first page, and only read a page, okay? If you feel led to read other pages, that's fine, but only read a page, go down the page, write it down there, and if something significant happened in your life that day, maybe it's your anniversary, maybe it's your child's first steps, maybe a birthday, maybe something, write that down on the top of the page, Okay, feel free to mark in your Bible. It's okay, God's not mad to highlight and, and write in your Bible, okay? And then do that, and then just keep on doing that. And then in a year, you're going to go back in that Bible, and you're going to go, whoa, that promise came true in my life. It's about the long game on this one, guys. We have to nourish our spirit. You can play some music back there, Janine. And what this does, it has everything, this thing right here has everything to do with the discipline of reading the word along with hearing his voice. I've said this before, okay, here, but don't tell me that you love Jesus and you don't love his word. Some people go, I just, I just want to be in church and worship. That's, that's great, but remember... This also is the word of God. This is Jesus in print. Okay? 
And it's really important that we as believers learn how to mix both things together. Okay? This is extremely practical, but I think sometimes our practical will make our spiritual life a little bit more enhanced. Come on, that's a good word. I can tell you this with confidence. If you read your Bible, you're going to hear God more clearly in your life. And that's a fact. Jack. So why don't we go ahead and stand as we close here this morning. I know I kind of rushed through that message just because I think Jesus already spoke to us today. I think his word became alive this morning. And some of you may not like that kind of stuff, but you know what? That's the kind of stuff that matters as much as this matters as well. Well, I only like the word of God, brother. Well, then you better get used to worship too because it's all there. It's all there. I don't apologize for that at all. There's a lot of churches around here that want just that. Go, it's okay. You can go there. We are going to worship Jesus with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Why? Because we care about hosting the presence. Now, of course, I don't want you to go anywhere, right? But we're going to mix both together. The word and the spirit, man, it matters. But what I want to do right now is I, I want to guide you in a prayer real quick. So if you can, just close your eyes and put your hand over your heart, maybe both of them if you are free there, if you're holding hands with your spouse, that's just fine too. And I want you to repeat this after me. This is just a guide. Just say, Father, give me a desire and a passion for your word. Rekindle the flame I once had for your written word and your spoken word. Lead me guide me, direct me. I am one of your sheep, and you are my shepherd. I declare today, I will follow you wherever you lead. So Jesus, we thank you so much with all of our heart, God. And we just pray that this word would come alive right now in our hearts. That your word will come alive right now in our hearts. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you because you are good. You are always good.